Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Sound Stories, an inspirational podcast for creative professionals and storytellers who want to improve their lives at home and at work. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli, your host and co-founder of Voices.com. Today in studio, I have with me Evan Jones. Evan Jones is a creative director and producer at Stitch Media. Welcome to the show, Evan. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I'm just very excited to have you here. Like, I've heard you speak before. This is quite an honor to have you here in studio. Uh, one of the ways that you work, and I just want to jump right into this with everybody, is this method of storytelling called experiential storytelling. It confuses me to no end. <laughs> so to have you here today is great because we can ask you all about it. So can you explain what experiential storytelling is? Yeah. Uh, so Stitch Media is an interactive media production company. And uh, we take interactivity really seriously. We incorporate it into everything that we do. And sometimes we are able to put so much interaction into a project that we really don't think of it as the kind of story that you can just package and read or watch it's actually something that has to be experienced and what that means often is that it can be the journey of finding the story itself that is the experience there's sort of a trail that you would follow and the story is putting the, those pieces together and thinking about it in your mind so it's it's not as if the story is uh is a product it's it's actually something that exists only in your imagination because you were a part of all the different moments that created that story whoa <laughs> i mean that, that's really really cool something i find really interesting about the work that you do evan is that you've created together tales for those of us who don't know what it is could you just give us a brief description sure yeah together tales is a platform for interactive adventures that parents bring to life and the the message there is that you're going to get a physical book that's all split up into pieces. And with the instructions online, parents are going to be able to create an experience for their child. It seems almost like it's a choose your own adventure. Like you're involved in the story. There are maybe different things that you can do that, that take you away from a physical book. Maybe you go online to do a certain activity together, or maybe you're out like doing a scavenger hunt type thing with a map. Uh, yeah. So many different ways that you can be engaging with this content. Yeah, I mean, Choose Your Own Adventures were definitely huge influence on us in, in our youth. Together Tales is actually something called Adventure Kits, and so they're kits that create adventures. But, I mean, we've all seen what branching narratives are like. You know, you give someone a path, and they can fork at that path and take option A or option B. The, the interesting problem that that creates is that your audience only gets to see one branch. I mean, if someone's going through one of those experiences, they experience it making the choices that they make, but they don't get to experience all the other pieces. And so there's different models of interaction. And, uh, and a good example for, for Together Tales is that we take people through a story from start to the end, and it's got all of the things that you would recognize, a big climax near the ending. But, but the point of it is that it's not being told by uh, a static object. It's actually being told through the interpretation of the parents. And so the way that, that Together Tales really thrives is that it arrives in your house with a big stamp on it that says, there's only boring stuff inside this box. It's for grown-ups. And grown-ups <laughs> open it up, and when they see it, it's got instructions that says, this envelope needs to be hidden away. This is what you're supposed to give the child at the beginning. And now you need to go online because we're going to be giving you instructions as you go through the experience that you can act on. Whoa. Okay. 
Now, this is all really, really interesting. So I just want to go maybe to the genesis of why you've even gone into this experiential storytelling. Uh, so obviously with the Together Tales, I believe it had something maybe to do with the fact that your dad, like you've got kids of your own and, yep. and possibly want to do something creative there. It's like, how did you get the idea to actually create story? And why would you as a storyteller want to be weaving in these various, uh, I guess, experiences into right. what you're doing? Some of my best memories in childhood are from some of the times where we we did something together we 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 had an activity and i mean together tales really has our heroes out there are the superstars are you know people like the tooth fairy uh santa claus are some of these really icons that that we said you know it's amazing the things that that we can do together with those those uh those ideas and so what we when we designed together tales it was about Thinking about the type of parent that really does do those sorts of things, I, I don't know. There are there are some parents out there, I, mean, I hope that they're listening, that look at the idea of, you know, role-playing along with their child and uh, and going the extra distance to, you know, make, make special occasions even more special, you know, doing things like a birthday scavenger hunt. And and so we, we constantly, when we're talking about Together Tales, we run into people who say, Wow, this looks like it's a lot of work, and and we meet a whole other type of, of parent that that looks at it and says, actually, you have just saved me so much work. I get to look like the hero of this story, but you've given all the hard parts to you know you've prepared all the hard parts for me, and all I need to do is is set this up in a particular way and and play along. Mm -hmm. It's like they've got a roadmap, they know what they need to do, which is awesome, but. You, as the creator of this, the architect of this experience, and this kind of, I just, my mind goes to Dora. I don't know why. It does a lot. Um, but anyway, <laughs> like, you know how Dora in every episode will have three places she's going to, you know, yep. the bridge, the mountain, oh. the magic kingdom, whatever <laughs> right. she's doing, right? And so it seems like you've got these little markers along the way, things mm -hmm. that they will definitely encounter. Right. But how is it that you architect these to have those experiences time? at just the right moment uh, with maybe just the right sort of, of actions required. Right. So one of the key uh, elements of Together Tales is that an adventure kit is broken up into pieces. It's actually a package filled with, so we have eight chapters in some of our early books, and they're actually eight individual page uh, books. So they, lo they look like comic books, which has really been a score for us for the reluctant readers that are out there. They see that first chapter and they think, oh, I can do that. And by then we've got them hooked. And, and the idea is that those books are being doled out one at a time uh, and they're controlled by the parent. And so we actually have a back channel through Together oh. Tales, which <laughs> is uh, email communication that we have that's all set up on a system. So when it's time to give book two, we know that because it alternates. There's interactive moments in between each chapter. So at the end of chapter one, there's a crisis. And that crisis centers around, we need somebody to help us save the day. And that's going to be your child. The child goes online, finds an interactive activity that is specific to that book. And the moment that they beat that game or they, they finish that challenge or they, they complete the task they're being asked to do, it sends a message right back to the parent that says, okay, now it's time to release chapter two. And so we can keep them updated all the time. It's also, one of the things I'm really excited about is that we're able to spark conversations because 
not only does the child, the child's immersed in this storyline, but then the parent gets a kind of cheat sheet that says, here's what's going on in the story right now. Here are some things that you might want to talk about in the next car ride with your child. And, uh, and there are some really fun moments where we, we give backstory that sort of fits right into the, the larger narrative and say, like, you might want to mention that you have a friend that does this or something. And, and when you're talking, you can be involved in the story if you play along in that way. Wow. And one example, if I can go back to a video I watched, was uh, maybe the children in this case, they're part, I don't know what part of the story this is in. They're my kids in the video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are they? Cool, yeah. cool. So um, when you have this moment where, I guess, they're going to another planet, and, and it's yep. what the, the outside-in sort of idea where everything is backwards. And right. and uh, one of the recommendations is, is that you, you make their sandwiches that day so that the lettuce is the bread and the cheese is there and the bread's in the middle. Right. Right. And I mean, it's just a simple thing. It, you know, today make a sandwich that's inside out. But for a child who spent the night before going to bed reading the story about the topsy-turvy inside-out planet and they wake up and open their lunchbox and everything is inside out, it's this like, it's this little epiphany that I think, you know, creates those moments uh, that I hope they'll remember. No, definitely. And, and that's really what story is meant to do. And what brands are trying to do is to create experiences that we remember and keep us coming back and feel warm and fuzzy about them. So uh, Together Tales is just one example of the experiential storytelling that you do. Can you give us a few others that might be more applicable to a corporate setting? Sure. I mean, we've we've worked with a lot of broadcasters that are um, you know trying to reach a really large audience. Together Tales is sort of, it happens right in somebody's home. Uh, but We've created massive experiences. Uh, one of the projects we did uh, for Fox Television was, it was called the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and it was a spinoff from the Terminator franchise. And the idea for them was they wanted to raise awareness about this upcoming series, and they wanted to uh, attract people who were, were kind of scattered. You know, the fan base has a lot of different interests, and we wanted to focus them in on, the, on this project. And so we created uh, we created a story that took the their plot lines and made them into kind of a quest. And the quest was that we had cameras that could take photographs of the future. If you took a camera uh, uh, that uh, we made these special cameras, and if you took a photo with them, you could send us that photo, and we would spend the next twenty four hours making it look like that was part of the Terminator world. And so uh, it was able to get these branded photos out there that were not something that we had prepared before. It was the fan base that was deciding how the story was going to progress, and then our story was being dropped into their their moments. And so, I mean, I won't get too deep into the lore, but there's a resistance that is resisting against the Terminators, and, uh, and those resistance fighters are the ones that are spray painting messages into your family photos and things so if you take a picture of your house and send it to us we will show you how it looks in the terminator future oh my goodness that is pretty wild uh it just <laughs> reminds me kind of of those uh escape rooms if you will maybe yeah. places where you have to you know you're giving clues you're giving instructions that kind of a oh well here's your timeline here's what you're doing now you figure it out you decide how you're going to get out of, of the situation right i i think I think experiences are becoming more and more desirable because there's not a lot of scarcity anymore in the media world. I, I, I don't mean to 
go off on a tangent, but when you think about how easy it is to get any music that you would like at the at you know the few clicks, and any movie that you want to watch is ready to stream to you, uh, people are seeking something that everybody else doesn't have. You know, like there's there's a bit of cachet to be to saying you know. Well, I didn't just watch the same Netflix series that everybody's watching right now. I went out and I did something that was that was different, and uh, and I think escape rooms have really scratched that itch, uh, and and I think that there's a market for experiences that th- it just stands out from the crowd of a very very crowded ecosystem. So, if I were to try to write an experiential story, what would I do to set myself up for success? There are a lot of different terms for for the kind of story that you're talking about. The another one that people have been tossing around lately is story world, and uh, and one of the things that most creative industries will know is a story bible, and uh, and if you're creating a story bible for your story world, uh, the step that I would recommend first is to really think about what what is different in your fictional world than the world that we live in today because that's the first that's the foundation that you need to build everything upon is that if if we're looking at you know well-known franchises out there like something like a Harry Potter example um, you would say okay our world is exactly the same except for one difference which is that wizards and witches exist. They all go to school in a place that nobody ever finds out because we don't know about that world. And people can cross between those two worlds and things like that. You know, those are the, the types of rules that your mythology needs to have to start. But I think from there, you're, you're then layering on characters. And you're saying, who are some examples of people that live in this world? And... I hope if you've done your job correctly, you will find that those characters kind of spring out of the the, the first stage. Uh, if I were to use another space, it would say like, uh, I'll stick with Harry Potter, but you know things like Voldemort as as a. Uh, I've invoked his name, but the uh, <laughs> we're all in trouble now. The, the, uh, <laughs> like that comes from the concept itself, you know. It's just a natural progression from that, and uh, and so you you layer on characters, and then I think the it depends how loose you want to be. Mm-hmm. I, there is a real spectrum of storytelling, and at one end of the spectrum you have what I would say is linear storytelling. That is, I you know I am the the auteur and I decide what story you're going to experience and and so I can print that in a book I can make that in a movie I can do lots of different things but uh, but I know this story there is another much more loose version of that story that is sort of like having these loose arcs that say like here are some beats that I know I want and moments that I'm trying to create for people and I think they might go in this order. That's my best guess. But I've I've kept them separate enough that if these four happen first, I know where I'm supposed to go from there and, and like how they connect together. And so that, I mean, it ends up being a story Bible because it's a written document. And it's not a document that any of the audience is ever going to see. If you've done your job correctly, 
that should only go to the people that are creating the project. Uh, you know, my art director, my technical director, the writers that I work with, the, the voice artists, all of these people are going to read that Bible and they're going to, they're going to internalize that world so that they can then play the parts that they need to play. And I think at that very, very interactive end of the spectrum, you have to give all of that backstory simply so that when the improvisation part is inevitably going to happen, that they know they're so rooted in where they need to improvise from. Something interesting I noticed about your work too in the Together Tales was this whole notion of having this master control robot guy who would tell the kids, I'm guessing, yeah. um, what their next steps are, what their mission is, what their orders are. Uh, like that's really interesting. Together Tales is an example. We have a formula to Together Tales adventures that we follow because they it's it enables us to do things the way that we we need to. One of the things is that we can't have the child who's reading the story physically in the book, mm -hmm. in the story. Mm -hmm. And if, if like there's some stories where they actually transport the reader and say, now you are in this space and you are experiencing this and your choices matter in this space. But there is a distance that has to happen in the way that they're, they're crafted because we don't break that fourth wall. And so one of the things that we need is we need a guide character. And, and that is something that we have to set up for every Together Tales that we ever produce, is that we need to have one character who is the bridge between those worlds and who speaks to the characters in the book and then turns around and relays that information to the, the child outside of the book. And so that, that becomes so, you know, it's a, a Unimind is our supercomputer, and it's, you know, it's a reference to all the Bat computer stuff and Batman references and things. Uh, but um, we have another story completely different called Circus of Mirrors. And uh, in Circus of Mirrors, uh, children can pass through mirrors to find this amazing circus on the other side. And your iPad or your, your computer, the screen itself becomes that magic mirror. And so you can look through like a looking glass into that fictional world. But you need that mirror as your, your guide character to, to help you through that part. Oh, interesting. And I know we're talking about kids here, so I just yep. want to make sure that I cover this as well. Um, a lot of media these days, you know, you have to craft it for children so that they know that if there are fantastical elements, they are so obvious to them that they know this isn't real and they won't hurt themselves or they won't. So yeah. what goes into that process for you? Just having mentioned the mirrors and, you know, joining into the circus and, and how do they know um, what is real and what is not real? And is it that guide that helps them to distinguish or is it the parents? How do they do that? That's why we picked this particular age group because we we love the blurring of lines between what's real and what's not real, and and we actually have found that we also have adults who really enjoy that. It's not just a suspension of disbelief. It's also I'd say it's a step further, which is. I don't like that double negative. I don't like the idea that you're going to take disbelief and you're going to get rid of it. I love the idea that you're going to perform belief, that you're going to you're going to actually pretend that you do believe and and that even though every one of us understands what's real and what's not, we're all going to conspire to create something that at a certain point you are playing along and then you cross over and for just a moment you believe that there are 
you know, the witches and wizards of Harry Potter all around you because, you know, it's it's an escapism. And uh, and I think that it's different than than, you know, sitting back and letting your mind absorb a story. It's about thinking about, okay, what do what do I want in this in this world? Mm -hmm. And I yeah, I can appreciate the going into that experience. And as you say, not suspending disbelief but kind of becoming part of that story I mean you see actors do this all the time they're in their role they're they're living it out they're reading the lines as if they are that person just to bring it back to I guess there's always closure every story has kind of an ending where it comes to a close mm -hmm. uh, when you're doing that do you bring them back gently back into that reality yeah if you're taking this much from theater that I think we do in this interactive space um one of the big things about theater is about your motivation and I don't think you can let people just loose into an experience you really have to prepare them in a sense of saying this is this is what motivates you this is your goal and uh, and and I think that the most satisfying part is that the story closes with achieving the goal that you set out to, to achieve and uh, and so you know games are so easily pointed to in this in this example is that you you have a, a goal you know beat this game here are the rules and and I think there's a lot of blending that you're hearing like we might call something experiential storytelling but there's so much that you know the, the gaming world has taught us from that space about how stories can emerge out of rule sets all right now I know we've both been waiting for this part of the conversation but there is a quasi debate I guess around like experiential storytelling transmedia where they may cross over what on earth are they how do they differ can you walk us through your opinion Evan <laughs> of, of um, what this all looks like and and why we should really care about the differences uh, you know I've been doing this a long time now. I think that uh, 15 years of obsession in it uh, has shown me a lot of different trends. One of the things that I've been witness to is what I would say is the rise and fall of transmedia. Uh, it certainly, for a, a while, was this very, very new thing. And, and what I... I happen to have a particularly high bar when it comes to that, wor that word because... I really feel that it does represent something that um, that never existed before, and uh, and one example that I would say is that many people would look to uh, Harry Potter uh, it, and say that's transmedia, but I I actually disagree, and the reason that I disagree is because I think that each part of of the uh, each part of that universe is discrete. Is that you, you know taking a book and adapting it into a film is they're two different media, definitely. But the thing that speaks to me about transmedia in its purest form is that it cannot exist as one thing. Is that it's it's the synthesis in the audience's mind of multiple multiple pieces of media that actually is the transmedia. I, I like to say it's a transcendent media. You know, it transcends one particular media. And so that's where it crosses over a lot with experiential storytelling to me because experiences and games and transmedia and all these things can be something which is 
that it's not it's not clear where where you start it's not clear where this these projects end and also um, they you if you can't give one to somebody else you can show them the door and they can enter a transmedia world or an experiential world and they can start moving through their own version of it but it's not going to be the same and so for whatever reason the word also then became very popular and yeah. and so as mm-hmm. as that because everyone wants to be in all media and i think the reason that i'm so interested in this is that i think that that style of narrative is a narrative style that's native to the internet that before the internet we had we had everything in silos and uh and it was very difficult to imagine a world where you could just with one click you know be reading a text watching a video moving from uh you know, one fictional space into another new new location. Uh, that effortless hyperlinking is what I think birthed the idea that that stories could be disconnected and decentralized and and found in different places at the same time. So now I see a lot of people talking about transmedia, and knowing that that is my bar, uh, it's very difficult when when you uh, see it used, uh, applied, for instance, to say, you know, an integrated brand strategy. Because an integrated brand strategy, I think, is a brilliant and useful thing. Uh, but it's it's slightly different. You know, it's, it's not, you know, it's not the same as uh, saying, well, the problem is it's just adjacent. It's, it's so close. And so the, the idea is whether or not marketing uh is storytelling and uh and and whether or not those words should remain separate or have been collapsed lately yes it is a popular term i've heard it but you know very narrowly understood it perhaps uh you know before we talk today for instance I would think that, oh, well, it's a character from, you know, a production of some kind, be it a book or a movie, whatever. But because it exists in so many different pockets or silos, as we would have said Mm -hmm. before, well, it must be transmedia because this character can be engaged with in various formats, be it a talking toy, maybe it's a film, it's the animated cartoon on tv it's uh you know maybe it's an audiobook with a a, a physical book that you turn the page and you yeah. press buttons and, and it you know these sort of things but it isn't necessarily that it's 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 so hard to understand because it's it's new well, and everyone might be using the word possibly in their own way it's the idea that something can exist that's separate from all of those things but but when they're in combination they they produce something it's uh one of my obsessions is with emergent properties. You know, the whole is is greater than the sum of the parts, and and the idea that new properties emerge from things, and the way that you might be able to say, well, when I consume this story and this story, a third story is actually born, and I can connect those dots together. And even though neither of them said it, I I can make those relationships happen in my own mind. Would that be like fan fiction then? So fan fiction is an incredible example of a well-developed story world. I would say that, you know, if you have 
guided your audience to feel confident that they can take on uh, characters and settings and, and write within that space. Uh, I mean, though, that's sort of the high watermark for whether or not your project has, you know, has enough of a foundation to, to last. And so, I mean, definitely, I think fan fiction is, uh, is a wonderful component of that. Now, experiential storytelling, very amazing. We just went over high level, you know, conceptual, but for those of us who kind of need a more grounded idea of what that actually looks like for a business who is maybe coming to someone like you Mm -hmm. needing to have this sort of work done, like what would you do for them? Where would you start? So when we meet with people, we talk to them about why they're, why, why they're talking to people in the first place. What is it that they're trying to convey? Uh, that that's the theme of whatever you're creating. I mean, even as I talk about, you know, building a foundation of a story world, you always have some motivation for why you want to share this story with others. And so it's about trying to unlock that. And, and some people are really clear and some people, they need to, they need to go through a bit of a process of saying, well, is this what you mean? And let me say it to you in a different way. And you kind of have to, companies go through this with their mission statements. And, uh, and it's not easy to say this is the one statement that defines us, but that's what a story needs is, you know, where, what are you trying to, to convey here? And then, and then we would say also, what is, what is the success metric that you're going to be using? And, uh, you know, as creative people, we always say, well, you know, everybody will be influenced forever. But if we want to talk about like practical goals, we try to say, well, we, we need to measure how we're going to uh, to say that that worked, you know. And uh, and so because clients don't come to us with unlimited budgets and and dreams of just creating new story worlds for nothing, we, we spend our time at the beginning just trying to get something about you know, how do we know that this is going to work? And, uh, and once we say, this is why we're making it, sometimes we end up changing everything entirely because all of this experiential story is, is great for creating experiences. And, uh, and sometimes people want different things. So, so we always leave ourselves open to say, you know what, this is not right for your, your, your goals. And, uh, and then when we find it's a good fit, uh, we can just we can take that sort of theme, central theme of the story, and say this is why each character is representing a different aspect of it. This is the story arc that we're planning, and this is why it's gonna it's it's going to impart this one message for people. And so you know you start with that, and it takes many forms. I mean, in the end, we're producing it, and so conceptually it starts there and then we have to we have to get down to the practicalities and say well we've got to cast this we've got to create assets for it and we have to know uh we have to know our contingency plans if the audience likes it or starts to react differently 
Right. And just like any story, you have the protagonist, your hero, and that's more than likely your customer or whoever it is that yeah. they're trying to put in the role of the, of the hero, right? And then you'll have your guide. As you said, you always have mm-hmm. that guide in there and make sure that they're not, you know, stepping outside of the bounds where they shouldn't be, but also helping them to achieve their goal, which ultimately is hopefully going to make them more successful. Um, possibly, you know, it, it could be a success metric that has to do with making some more money or, or making their people more productive in a, yeah. a you know, a, an offsite or something. Totally. Uh, you know, it's it's great. But so long as you get that hero achieving their goal, then that's what really matters in this story. Yeah, the that's a great example too is that one thing that we struggle with is that when we bring story to to goals like that what we what we find is that uh stories are different than marketing because marketing is all about the hero and the success uh sometimes stories have to have a villain Mm -hmm. and they and they also have times where they need to have conflict and and i think there's a trade-off that people uh, make when they talk about these, which is that you have to be willing to challenge people in the story because the the protagonist isn't just going to be the hero. There also has to be tests. And uh, and sometimes uh, when we're talking in a marketing capacity, you know, that that's a difficult sell because we're saying, you know, this can't just be everything is great all the time. We actually have to confront something and that confrontation is going to be what people remember about this brand, and uh, and so we try to to brainstorm and identify things like that. The uh, the the other piece is that you know it it ends up that that exercise cannot actually help a brand understand what they stand for in a way. Like it's not uh, it doesn't always have to be about a positive message because people have learned to sometimes tune that out. If you can actually define uh, something that you might be, you know, that you're counter to, uh, that helps to put people, it helps people understand. I think people make memories out of stories. We use those as sort of a shorthand to remember uh, the context of things. And so I think that if brands are brave enough for that, that they can really, uh, they can really do some great things, but it's, it's different than just promotion. Well, by having that villain, as you said, which there always is opposition of some kind, right? You create a rallying point mm-hmm. for that hero or the multiple heroes, as may be, yep. uh, to kind of come together and unify and say, well, you know what? We've got this this challenge and we need to face it head on and we're going to take it and here's our plan and, you know, and off they march, right? right. So uh, I think it's amazing. You, you certainly cannot have a story without conflict because everything can't be rosy all the time. We all know that, but usually there's this growth or this element of self-discovery that also happens in the midst of these stories. So that could also be part of that experiential model that we were talking about is that people might actually learn something about themselves through the story arc as it unfolds. I think that's the most exciting part of all. Evan, this is so awesome. Like, I just love everything you just said. It, it's great. It's it's inspirational for us as storytellers, but also to know how to engage with media in this this new way that we're, we're finding we're having to. Uh, now, if anyone would like to learn more about you and, and what your company does at Stitch Media, where can they find you? Well, the easiest thing is our website is just stitch.media. And that's it. Uh, you're going to find case studies of all the, the projects that we've been talking about and, uh, and links to a lot of our, our work. Well, thank you very much. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't already done so, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, as well as give us a rating. 
love hearing from you and gathering your feedback. Once again, I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli, and I hope you can join us for our next Sound Stories podcast.